Well, 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 welcome to the show. My name is Chris, and this is the Castle Culture Podcast. I'm your host. Uh, guys, let me just tell you something really important. Life can get you down. Life can raise you up. Life can do a lot of things. It just can. And you have to know that what happens at times is up to you. The balance in the force is up to you. What am I talking about? I'm talking about our sponsor, okay? Yeah, we got sponsors. Express VPN is a proud sponsor of this here fine podcast. Now, if you don't know what a VPN is, I don't know where you've been, but you need one. A VPN will save your life. You know how people keep like doing terrible things like on the internet and whatnot? A VPN can keep you and your private information safe from dirty, dirty people like Comcast, Xfinity, AT&T. They want to control you. They want to hold you down. They don't want you to watch that anime on Netflix. It's, it's, a, it's a hack. Here's the thing. On Netflix right now, if you go you know, using your, your regular access to using your internet, you can just see what they have to offer in your country, right? But let's say you want to see what Japan has, because Japan has way more anime and way more access than we ever, ever get, okay? Ever. 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 No. I kid, but if you use the code CSANDERS10, you can get 10% off ExpressVPN. Get a discount. Tell them you got it. From your boy Chris, okay? Tell him. Because this week's episode is going to be a doozy. So, my dad, um, 81 year old Benny Sanders, uh, my hero, one of my favorite people in the world. If you haven't heard me talk before about him, you you will if you ever meet me. Uh, but ultimately, my dad is the guest on this week's show. Uh, I asked him about the controversy with the baby, fresh when it happened, when the baby made homophobic remarks. He says some things that I don't think are okay. He says some things that I also understand because I am a member of the black community. And unfortunately, homophobia runs deep in our heels. It always has. Things like pausing, like if you say something that could be suspect, sus, and whatnot. Um, just like just the way that 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 people that were not the quote unquote norm were spoken about was always, in my opinion, and always has been. Uh, coming from a place of misunderstanding, ignorance, and fear. And so, <clears throat> I saw this episode for a while because I wanted to get some editing down. I had some stuff going on, you know, in personal life. Uh, but I'm finally ready to talk about it. And poignantly enough, Dave Chappelle did a special where he's also under fire, which I will do an episode on him as well. Um, but Dave Chappelle did a special where he more or less kind of took a stance, um, not against, but around the LGBTQ community. Right, he did that whole thing. Which again, I respect that community as well. I have friends, former lovers, and whatnot who are now members of that community, and I'm just happy that you guys have found your own voice, you found your own community, you found your own space to exist. And in Dave's special, though, <clears throat> he kind of took a stance and he addressed a lot of things. But one of the things that he he did take a hard stance on as well is the baby and the baby being attacked. Because he says something messed up. He did something wrong. He made a mistake, right? People are saying that he shouldn't be forgiven. But Dave says otherwise. So keep that, you know, that conversation in your mind. 
uh, when you're listening to this week's episode. Again, it's recorded a long time ago at my dad's house. Uh, we, we had a good time. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, also, because it's a special episode, uh, it will also go off into other areas than just the baby. It will go off in a few different places around, like, race and, and life and the world and the things my dad has experienced because I want everyone to be able to hear uh, kind of the brilliance of my dad, um, you know, before it was too late. You know how people, you know, that whole thing where they're like, uh, you got to give your roses, you know, before it's too late. I want to give my dad, my, I want to give my dad his roses. Like, he, he deserves this. He's a hardworking, great person. I wouldn't be anywhere that I am now without him. So thanks, dad. I really do appreciate it. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. We got, we're also on that topic. Um, R.I.P., uh, to one of my favorite comedians, Norm Macdonald. And I say that because I feel like he had the adoration of other comedians, but I don't think anyone ever really knew, like, how big he was to com- to, to fans of comedians, right? Like, I am a, a comedy person. I really do enjoy a, a good comedy. Like, I really do enjoy, like, a, a good well-written stand-up routine and like the brilliance and the ability to to you know work with things and and shift them and change them and grow them like it is always all inspiring when i see someone else work and so i say all that because i wish i had had a way to reach out to norm mcdonald before he was gone and let him know how much he meant to me like i own his sitcom norm um, on DVD. I literally went out and found it on DVD and bought it because it was one of those, those like core memories for me. Uh, just something that I always knew, you know, that, that was going to make me laugh. Like if I was having a hard time or if I was having a bad day, I knew it would come the Norm sitcom and I knew I would laugh. I knew I would be enthralled. I knew I would be brought into a world uh, that was a little bit ridiculous but also awesome. It featured Nixie, Nick, Nixie, <laughs> Nikki Cox, if you remember her. She was a very attractive redhead woman. She's still alive. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it was her before she had fake lips. Which I'm just, I'm not, you know, I'm not like downing people who have cosmetic surgery. Like, get it, you know, you get older, things look weirder. You want to still retain your youth. You still want to retain what you think looks good. But I just think that, you know, like the natural look is probably the best look of all. It may not be the most appealing when you get really old, but you know, isn't the beauty of getting old is to say f it and stop caring so much? You know, let's embrace the not care movement. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, I think I've. Drag this on long enough. This is one heck of an intro. I'll say it again. Um, shout out to my dad. Uh, rest in peace to Norm McDonald. And thank you to this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Use code CSANDERS10 to save some money and also help out the show. Uh, we have other sponsors too, but I will get to them later. Uh, I'll see you guys uh, at the end of this one. Enjoy the talk with my dad, Benny Sanders. He's a rapper. Yeah, I heard that. Right, yeah. But, uh, other than that, I don't know anything about it. Okay. So, basically, the baby is, like, this this big rapper. He got big maybe a couple years ago. Um, he's just of the new generation of rappers. And he was doing a, a concert, and he got on stage. And he said a bunch of, like, random things about HIV AIDS and the homosexual community. Right? Um, LGBTQ. Um, and now he's being canceled. So, like, now, like, he was on, he was on all these, like, different um, tours, like, different shows, and they're like, we're not working with you, we're not working with you. Um, and I think he got dropped from his record label, too, because he made the, the, the comments about, you know, the, the community. And 
I think that a lot of people were like really upset about it. And my question to you would probably be, do you think that because someone makes a comment like that, should their entire like career be canceled? Or is it still, you know, an adjustment period? First of all, I would like to know at least some of the comments he made. Exactly yeah. what did he say? <laughs> if I, I can't even, I don't even want to repeat it. Well, repeat it and then if it comes to a word you don't want to say, say blank. No, I mean, I can, I can say it. It's just, it's just not stuff I would, I don't know. Uh, he said, uh, put your lighters or your phones in the air. If you're not out in the back of a uh, parking lot, Sucking dick right now. One. Um, put your lighters in the air. I'm paraphrasing. Um, if you're not doing the things you do to get HIV AIDS. If you're not doing if You're not doing the stuff, right. Right. And you can't, I mean, you can't, I mean, you infer, you know what that means. Yeah. So, like, so he's, again, he's been being, he's being shunned right now by the whole community. I think for me, what's kind of funny, funny or interesting about that is that, like, if you go back and you look and listen to any comedian, they were making jokes about, you know, homosexuals and, and the gay community forever. Um, there is obviously going to be some, like, some of that stuff in, in music, too. So, now that I'm saying what he's doing is okay, but I just like it's really, it's, it's odd to me that there's this big backlash when a rapper is saying things that they've been saying for years. Well, and you want to know what do I think about yeah. should he be man? Ah, uh, well, you see, if you're in that business, right, and you're depending on the public, right, and you're seeing that the backlash other people got for making statements similar to what he made, right, then common sense will tell you don't make them, right, you know, and I, I think right now he should be making an adjustment. Yeah. Until everything cooled down, and it will, and then come back. Yeah. I mean, because uh, I remember when uh, Muhammad Ali, mm -hmm. when he uh, said to Viet, Viet Cong, never call him a nigger. Right. And they got all upset to that. He said he wasn't going to fight in the war. Right. You know. Mm. Well, that, that what, what happened to him? I mean, obviously we know what happened, but like... Well, they did. they took his title away from him. Right. They took his title, and he wasn't able to fight. He had to go to court to, uh, to fight. That was his um, way of living. Right. And they suspended him. And he just stuck mm. to his belief. And then after three years, now they consider him a hero. Right. But not at that time. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think the baby's gonna be considered a hero because of what he said, <laughs> but I do think that, like, I don't know. I think I just think that, like, in the first place, yeah. and this the new generation, mm -hmm. you know, but the old generation did the same thing, you know, like you said, some comedian, right? But right now, it seemed like uh, uh, that community they got a lot of control right now. Yeah, and I mean, definitely they spent a lot of money. Yeah, apparently. Obviously, well, no, I think too. I think I think it's like we're at, at this this point now in like I think society, where I think common sense is starting to come more into play. Whereas like, oh, that's weird, that's different. Um, you know, to, to what they're used to, does not equal bad. That's weird. That's different. Just means it's different. 
and you're like people are, are more open to accepting things well, that, they're, I, that, that they're not used to. I, I have to admit, you know, at my age, I'm still a little shocked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. When I hear people mm-hmm. like the other day on the radio. Mm-hmm. This woman was talking to me. She said, I want to wish my wife a happy birthday. Right. <laughs> my wife. Right. You know. Yeah. And then there's two basketball players, mm-hmm. both of them female, mm-hmm. and the media is congratulating them on having a baby. Right. You know. <laughs> two men. I just heard about uh, this guy, Bookerich, mm-hmm. you know, the secretary. Him and his husband right. just had a baby. Right. Give me a break. Wait, well, no, this, well, that's the thing, though. It's like... That's, give, give me a break. But, but notice, no, because notice, I'll say this. I think that because they've had to, you know, quote, unquote, be in the closet, they had to hide so long. Yeah, hey, after I'm having a baby, what do you mean? give me they, a break. I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> Which one had the baby? Oh, neither one. They adopted, probably. Huh? They adopted it. They didn't say that. They yeah. said they had a yeah, baby. But that's, the to... media is yeah. portraying this. Okay, that's what you're saying. That's and they're feeding into it. That's what you're saying. And, well, you know, and I have to admit, I'm still a little bit. Now, I'm not against anybody. Right, you know? yeah, I know that, yeah. As long as you don't mess with me. Right, you know yes, what I'm yep. saying? understandable. And understandable. Mm-hmm. But I'm still shocked. Uh, a, a woman saying. Happy birthday to my wife. Right. Wait, what, what's wrong with that? Uh, what's wrong with that? My wife. Yeah. A wife, to me, uh-huh. is a, the husband is a male. Right. And the wife is a female. Right. But I understand in today's society, everything goes. Right. I mean, it's what like I said. I mean, now, I just seen in the paper where this one woman said, don't refer to her as he or she. Right. But it's they and right. them. That's right. ridiculous. See, so you know what? I told you about this. Uh, me and my me and my friend had the same conversation, and it you know it's it's just complicated because I feel like complicated. The, it does because so the, the they they them means they don't want to be assigned a, a gender. They want to be non-binary and just and, kind of, and just and just kind of, they just want to be they want to be both. And you are not assigned a gender. Right. You're born a gender. Right, but I think that if you are in there, there are chemical imbalances. If you were maybe like. You know they have they have hermaphrodites, right? Where you're born with like kind of both genitals, and you're kind of in between, and you don't necessarily fit in either side of it. I think that there are some chemical imbalances. There are some things where you are maybe born to the wrong gender, or maybe you're born into what we could consider like maybe even well, a, a third gender that hasn't really been acknowledged as much. So I think that that's kind of their way of kind of owning who they are when they don't feel like they fit in either bucket. Okay. Um, I think. They own who they are. They were born male or female. But sometimes you're not, though. Huh? Sometimes you're not, though. That's what I'm saying. But you are. But sometimes you're not. You are. What, what about hermaphrodites? Huh? Well, hermaphrodites, where they're born with both both genitals. Then they are. That's a they. Huh? <laughs> is that a they? Yeah, but these people I'm talking about right. is not. Right. But I think but I think that you can be born. They know who they are. And I think in, in one instance, they're trying to uh, disturb society. Well, I think that, well, no, I think, I feel like. Because I know a couple people that decided to go non-binary. Um, and I think that it, less than feeling like they want to disturb, disturb or like disrupt society, I think to me it's more so like I've always felt weird. I've always felt a little off. I never felt like I fit in it in either way. So they're just trying to find a way that they feel comfortable. That's, I mean, that's, that's why I'm looking at it. And like now that this, wow. but, but, but now they have this other, op, they have this option that's becoming popularized. They go, oh, I can jump into that. Because it's popular, I can do it. A lot of people are doing it. Um, you know, that, that, that's what makes sense to me. Well, you know, uh, with society, I'm going to tell you, 
uh, for years, they were saying it was unpopular to smoke pot. Right. And to smoke drugs. Right. And they was putting people, so many people put in jail, especially African Americans, mm-hmm. put in jail for smoking pot or selling pot. Mm-hmm. And now, then they started letting them use it for medical reasons. Right. And now they say it's legal. It's legal in Illinois. It's still a federal crime. Well, they, they say it's legal in a lot of states. Right. You can do it. They can. They making millions off of it. Oh, yeah. Now. Of course they are. And I'm mad because a lot of people I get mad at for smoking pot. Mm-hmm. Evidently, uh, they knew what they was talking about. Right. They did. You know. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on who got the money and who's in power. I agree with that. I agree with that. No, I mean, because I think like now that, like, it's legal. They're like they're they're double taxing on it. They're charging more and more money for it. In fact, I had to go. I had to go get a, a drug test. There's a new job I'm starting pretty soon, and it made me laugh. So I'm like, hey, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna pass it. But B, I was like, I'm working remotely. Why do you care? Well, I I can tell you, here's a situation with me. They caught on the job I had. Mm-hmm. I was working at Ford as a as a union rep. Mm-hmm. And they had one guy, he had got fired and they brought him back uh, for smoking marijuana, for using drugs. Right. So one day they was doing a drop. A mm-hmm. drop is when they have you go in the washroom and you urinate. And then you bring the urine back to the medical department right. and they test it. That's what they did with me. Yeah. Okay. Now this guy... It was a preacher in the washroom urinating. This guy got, had the cup, and he stuck it under the preacher's and got the preacher's urine. Really? Yeah. And then they, so then he knew he had his job. When right. he came back and tested positive. <laughs> <laughs> so we, he came in, he was telling us, but that was the preacher's piss. That was the preacher. Somebody said, well, who told you preachers don't get high? Right. <laughs> and that's a true story. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they can't they can't lose a, yeah, wow. Yeah. And that's a true story. That's funny. Yeah. Man. So, like, all right, so, like, I'm trying to think out loud. Like, I, I, I want to, like, go deeper into the, into the baby thing, but I think at the end of the day, I think that, like, what he said, there's no, there's no excuse for it, but I do think that there is a level where, like, the well, capital culture stuff, is, is, in my opinion, is getting out of hand because it's like, I think if you think about it, where, like, where he grew up, how he grew up, and I understand he's a pop star now, he should know better, like you said, because you, I mean, you know what position you're playing, you know, you know where you're at, but I think he also is still very much probably where he grew up, and if you know anything about the black community, the black community is, is, has been historically homophobic, it always has been, and I think that like he's still probably not used to like, you know, having to be controlled in, in even a small amount of way or having to even, like, watch his mouth. Because those, those are his real thoughts. He, he really thinks that. He really feels that yeah, way. Yeah, but he's in front of an audience. Keep your real thoughts to yourself. I know, but, like, but, but I feel like he's, he gets paid to write down his thoughts for a living. And, 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 and do but have he right. made statements like this before? You know, I don't know. I actually have no idea. I know it's the first time that he's done it on, on, a, on a global stage. And people get mad at him. Now, where was it? Um, the, the Rolling Loud um, concert series. I don't know what state he was in. Oh, he was uh, in America. He's in America, though. My thing, too, is that he was probably also high. <laughs> okay, at that, I, I was going to ask yeah, that question. He's probably, because at that concert, it's, it's about, like, 
it's like a it's a marijuana slash wow. um you know music music thing uh event well so, I, here's what's going to happen what they always do mm-hmm. you're going to come out and you're going to have crocodile tears you yeah. know what those actually not uh, fake tears well no well he didn't he didn't, he, he put out he, he came out he apologized yeah i was being sensitive blah blah, blah. And then he, but he didn't really like seem like he like really wanted to apologize. He's probably annoyed about it. Um, and then he tried to make another statement, and then he kept canceling him. He's just trying to like move on from it. But now his record label dropped him, and now he's independent. Um, I just for me, I don't want to see his whole career go down because he said something well, stupid. Because I mean, we've all said something stupid before. Like you know what I mean? Well, I look, think, at, look at Kevin Hart. Yeah, they took him away from hosting the Academy Awards. You know, and they they told him yeah. statements he made years ago. Yeah. True. And he apologized three or four times. Then he got to the point he said, "That's it. I'm not even speaking on the subject right. anymore." You're right. And then he goes, "I don't. I don't want to host it anymore because it's it's ridiculous to have to even like." But he said he wasn't gonna make any more statements either because right. see they'll keep battering you and mm-hmm. battering. And the more you speak on it, the more you speak about it, the more they're gonna harass you. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's the name? The baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, the baby better to grow up and become the man and just tell him, I'm sorry, that's it. I'm giving the concert here. Yeah. I, either 10 people can come or 10,000. Right. And, yeah. then, and then just shut up about it. Yeah. If they won't shut up about it, then let them keep talking about it. I now, I don't know who this is harassing him, but it's got to be somebody, it sound like to me, that's either... Uh, that's either homosexual mm-hmm. that's in control mm-hmm. and keep and, uh, making sure that he don't don't work anymore. Now I heard something about uh, what's this comedian, the, the black comedian. There's a lot of those. Who? There's a lot of those. Keep going. Now this one won an Academy Award for this movie um, about the girl. The girl. Oh. Uh, about the big girl. Oh, uh, Precious. Precious. Oh, oh you, you talking about, uh, you talking about um, Monique. Monique, yeah, Monique, yeah. Monique. She yeah. said something to this guy, and he's homosexual. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I, yeah, yep. And she was banned. You don't even see her that much anymore. Yeah, uh, she. You talking about um, God, what's his name? Uh, the producer. You did. He worked yeah. on like yeah, he worked on all and shows. And they banned yeah. her. I don't know what she what it, she said well, or you, what. You know, I I think she I think. She already had bad blood with him already, and, and I don't think that her making whatever statement she made helped anything. That's, what, that's how I understand it. Like I feel like she already had like a bad, um, a bad working relationship with him. I know you're talking about too. I can't think of what his name is. Um, a few people try to work with her, you know, like try to give her a little bit, of, a little bit of something. But I feel like she also, and I think she's right too. She's um, taking a stance of like, I don't want to be pushed around. I don't want to have to like conform. I do think that like. A lot of people, especially people like older people, who are used to being able to kind of get on stage and say say their piece and say how they feel about things, honestly, and they profited from it forever. They're now in an environment where they're being challenged where they weren't before. You know, like I feel like Monique's a comedian, so she would get on but stage what and saying, say whatever, say whatever what she said. He had influence, right? He had influence, he had influence and power, and power. right? And that's why she could get banned. It ain't right. because of. Uh, uh, he didn't like it. it, that he had influence that could control certain things that she could do and couldn't do. Mm. Mm. And that's who you need to attack these people in power and uh, and see, you know, where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. That's like the soccer player, uh, the tennis player, Osaka. Osaka? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, they want to attack her because she said she don't want to speak and she, right. she feels uncomfortable. And she, so she's the one that, um, she didn't want to go in front of the media and they're kind of mandated to do that. Right. And she's like, I don't want to, and for my mental health, I don't, I don't, I don't need to, and I'll take the, I'll take the hit of the money. Yeah, I agree with that. But I do, I feel like it's, it's ridiculous. They have to, they have to do those press runs, especially if they've just played like really hard games or they've been stressing themselves out. Now they have to go in and perform in front of the media, just because it's part of the contract. I think that they should at least allow them some time from take a break after they they perform whatever it is, maybe or just opt out of it. I don't know. Make less money for it. I don't know. There's a way to work to work that in, though. Yeah, well, I guess we have to get used to men talking about their husbands. Yep, we do. And women <laughs> talking about their wives. We do. It's just, I mean, it just is what it is. And others talking about vase. You, you absolutely yeah. do. I mean, these <laughs> things. I'm talking like, about vase, but I, I'm old enough. I hope I don't see too much of it going on. You, I mean, stick around. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I mean, you definitely will. Well, I tell you, it's, it's this, not. It's not. It's not bad. It's just different. Actually, after this virus, uh, I guess everybody's a little day. I mean, uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. That, what does that mean? What, what that means? That means when this virus came about, nobody expected it. Right. And any, and you shouldn't be shocked at anything. Everything. Now you don't know. You can't just take everything for granted anymore. Yep, I agree. I mean, that's, I told you that's why I'm going back to school because I'm like, I have spent what five years in this in this career. I'm in, mean, and I just don't feel like I'm super happy in it, and I don't want to have to like force myself to you know just learn it and make it work when I don't really want to do it. When I know I could go do something else, be happier, make more money, or a certain amount of money. And challenge myself in a different way. Well, I'm okay. I, I don't want to. I don't want to take anything for granted anymore. I want to like well, really the, like advice I care. would give to you. Yeah. Make money. Yes. And then be happy. I mean, well, here's the, my, my, my goal is to do both. That's why I'm going to a career. <laughs> now, I'm saying that. what to do first. Well, yeah, well I'm, I'm not. I still have a job. Make money first. Yes. I guarantee you, the happiness will come I, down the line. You know what's funny about that? I know so a lot of like that's idealistical thinking. It is, but a lot oh, I don't need no money. No, well you need you just let me walk in the woods. Well you <laughs> Well you need the money, you know you what I'm saying? Along the lake and the beach. You better no, get no. you some money. No. <laughs> no, obviously you need the money, right? You need uh -huh. the, obviously you need the money. That's why I'm still working. I'm not quitting my I'm not quitting like my, my career, like I'm not working anymore. I'm gonna go back to school. I kinda wanna do that though. Yeah, you go but, back to school you enjoy. You should have been Doing continuing education anyway. Right. Yeah. I was. I didn't want to because I want to pay. I want to pay back my, the loans. It's so much money in loans. But now I'm like, you know what? They got it's, programs it's not, out there now. Well, well, I, well I'm gonna say I, I found a, a, enough of scholarship where it's gonna be a very, very um, affordable like thing to go to, to go after. It's gonna just take me two years, but I think it's worth it. Yeah. You got what time you got? You ain't got nothing to do for two years. I mean, I got, I got stuff. Uh -huh. I, got, I got life. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's gonna be me going to work, working full time and school full time. Yeah, I, I did it. I think. Well, I think eventually you did. Yeah. I know that. I went to school. Yeah, I was married, had kids, and went to school. What do you go to school for? I went just to get my degree. I didn't know. know I should social did not, work. Actually, I did. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know you had a degree. Huh? I know you had a degree. I said to get. I right. didn't say I had. Okay, see, that's what I, mean. I didn't know that. <laughs> see, that's what I mean. Like, I don't. I want to finish yeah, it. When I was in the army, I, I, I uh, went to Baylor University mm. when I was stationed in Texas. Mm. 
You know. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know. I it's know a like you don't know. Did huh. you know some of the famous people I met? No, let's, let's, let's get into that. Okay, I'm going to tell you about uh, I met and see if these people, if you remember knowing. Uh, I remember uh, Ted Kennedy. Ted Kennedy. Kennedy. You yeah. remember him? I'm Ted Kennedy. That was John Kennedy's brother. Right, yep. Uh, President? Yeah, JFK? President right. Kennedy. Yeah, yep. And he was a senator. And I'll tell you a little story about how I met him. It's a friend of mine. Uh, Ted was running for president against Jimmy Carter. Okay. Okay. And this friend of mine, his girlfriend was running as a delegate with Ted Kennedy. He mm. called me up and asked me if I would take him to a fundraiser they was having for Ted Kennedy okay. over in South Shore. Mm. And I said, oh, yeah. So we goes to this big apartment building. They got big rooms and guy in there playing the piano. And so they got this big old bowl and people dropping money in envelopes. And when you got up to the desk, the girl was saying, how much are you contributing? I said, what? <laughs> She said, how much are you contributing? I said, uh, uh, wait a minute. The guy name was, what was his name? Uh, Banks. I said, Banks, come here, come <laughs> here. And he said, what? I said, man, you didn't tell me I had to give him some money. <laughs> he said, oh, no, we're with so-and-so, whatever his girlfriend's name was. Right. So they excused me from that. I said, Phew. you know, that was kind of embarrassing. Then, uh, Later on, Ted Kennedy came in, and I sit down. And I was talking with him, and he was real, 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 just normal. Down to earth. Yeah, real yeah. down to earth. Yeah. And his family was there. He introduced me to his family, and Jane Byrne. She was the mayor at that time, mm -hmm. and her daughter was there. And uh, I didn't care for her, you know. Why not? Because. Uh, uh, I think she used the black community to get votes. What's her name again? Jane Byrne. Jane Byrne. Okay, Jane Byrne. When you say that, do you feel like, what do you mean? Like she was just like... She she, uh, she got elected as a, on the black people's thing. And what she black got woman. in there, yeah. she didn't want to do anything for the black community. Got it. So she utilized yeah. them as like a, as a, as a, um, a talking piece, right. or like, like a platform piece, but didn't really actually care about the community. Right. She's going to get the power. She got in there because it was a snowstorm in Chicago. Right. And uh, the guy that was the mayor of Atlantic, he didn't know what to do with the snow. And she went to Minnesota and got some ideas. That's why you see these signs up now, no parking. Mm. If it's 12 inches of snow, mm. you can't park there on the, on the street. And right. she the one did that. Really? Yeah. Man, I hate her. And she got... <laughs> And and she got elected mayor, and she was I mean she was a long shot, mm. but once she got in there, like most other uh, politicians, when it comes to the black community, they don't do anything. Right. So circling back to Ted Kennedy, so, so you met him, he's real down to earth. Yeah, and I I talked with him, and uh, he was saying some things he was gonna do, and uh, he probably never did remember me. Right. Yeah. Sure. Like most of them. People, I mean, yeah, I mean, they meet people all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I met him. Uh, I remember when John Kennedy got killed, I was in the mm -hmm. When he got killed, we was in Fort 
was in Kentucky. Or was it? Yeah, we was in Fort Knox, Kentucky. And I was in the Jeep. We had rode somewhere. And a bunch of guys were standing around a, another Jeep. I said, hey, what's all those people standing over there for? Hmm. And so one of the guys came over. He was laughing, you know. And he said, I said, what's I said, what's why they all over there? He said, oh, somebody just shot the president. I said, what? And he said, yeah. And he said, they said it was a Russian. And I said, oh, my God. I'm in the Army, <laughs> and they're talking about a Russian that shot the president. We're going to be going to war, you right. know. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, yeah, I mean, the U.S. is now kind of the, at that time, the, 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 the Red, the red at Scare, that right? Yeah, think about like, 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 yeah, like where you were at that exact time during the Red Scare, right? Right. Right, yeah. And um, and that's how I found out about Kennedy. And, and then, all right, so then, who else did you meet? So you, I know you, you found out Kennedy because you were, like, just kind of, like, you know, in the Army, everything went down. Um, I mean, not, I mean, I know you, you told me before, like, you met um, the Precursor. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, Johnny Cochran. Right. Uh, Carol Mosley Braun. Yeah, they uh, see their pictures there. I got that. Uh, who else? Uh, I mean, you met, you, did you meet here at Washington? I know you like work. I work for him, yeah. So I'm, 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 I don't know. Well, like, like, like you, right you, cause you, yeah. Cause you, yeah, because I know you met, you met Obama too, right? Now, you see that picture there at Washington? Yep. Me in it. Oh, that yeah, makes sense. You see that? Yep. Huh? Never mind. Yep, I see He it. came to the headquarters over there. Mm-hmm. And your mother is in that picture. I see her. Okay. And then you also you met Obama. I I met um, Mohammed Ali. His bodyguard used to live next door to me. Okay. And he traveled all over the country, Patterson. Mm-hmm. And he used to tell me that Mohammed Ali used to get at least a hundred threats on his life every day. He said you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. And when I met him. Obama, uh, Muhammad Ali had came to his house and I was living next door to him. And he introduced me to him and I talked with him and that was right before he, he divorced his first wife. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Did you give him advice? Is that what happened? Did I what? Did you give him advice? And that's why he got divorced? No, it was all in the paper. Yeah, but, but when he came over there that day. You said you met, you said you met him. Before. I'm just saying at that time. Right. I'm just asking, did you at like at that time? The people he was getting ready to go to Manila. Right. You ever heard of the thriller in Manila? Manila, um, and the blah 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 in Hong Kong. No, that was in Africa. Okay, so thriller Manila. Right. Yeah. You remember? You I, heard about? I've it. heard of it. Yeah, I don't remember you it. You wasn't born. I was not alive. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, and Johnny Cochran, I met him. I met him a couple times. Mm. You know. But yeah, I, yeah. I would say, I mean, based on that photo, I think like growing up, you well, when he, when everything was happening with the whole O.J. Simpson court case, people kept saying he looked like him. Yeah, I yeah. I, I get stopped all the time, mm-hmm. and they say, you know, it look like John. I tell you a story about that. Okay, tell me that about Johnny Cochran, mm-hmm. and a lot of people saying I look like we looked alike. Mm-hmm. Let me put it down. For people don't remember Johnny Cochran was the uh, lawyer. The, the head lawyer in the uh, O.J. Simpson trial. He was the main lawyer. Main lawyer, yeah. If the glove don't fit, you must have quit. Right. He said a little bit better. Well, I'm glad you said it because the story I'm about to tell you okay. is that uh, 
as a bargaining rep for the union, mm. we used to go to Vegas every year. The plant manager would take all the bargaining rep, all the top union officials and company officials from all over the country. They would go to Vegas and have a big meeting every year. Mm. And, and uh, some of the guys that worked with me, and that picture there, I used to put it up in my office. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and some of the people that worked with me, one of the girls told me, said, oh, that guy, he talking about, he looked like Johnny Cochran. He don't look nothing like Johnny Cochran. You know, he just, uh, just making it up, telling people that. So when we got to the Morton restaurant in Las Vegas, we were sitting there, and uh, three young white white guys came. I guess college students came in, mm. and they had their pencil and their paper in hand. And they said, "We saw Johnny Cochran come in here." And they stopped and talked to the other guys. Mm. And so they, the other guy said, "Yeah, there he is over there," you know. <laughs> So when the guys came, they came over there to me, and they kind of looked and stopped. Like, Is that him? Right. And I said, I said, no, I said, I'm not Johnny Cochran. <laughs> and they said, man, you look like me. I said, but remember this. And they said, what? I said, if it don't fit, I'll quit. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And, uh, and Johnny Cochran, I told him I did work similar to what he do. Mm -hmm. And the one thing he said, give me this piece of advice, be consistent. Mm. Whatever you do, be consistent, you know. And, uh, Did you listen? Hmm? Did you listen? Did you follow that advice? Well, I was going to tell him I always was consistent. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I know that. So I didn't have to follow him. And uh, Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks, yep. Uh, yep, my uh, friend Boomer um, made some money selling one of his, his, his jerseys that he had signed because he met Ernie Banks. When he was younger, and he signed the jersey for him, and he had it in his memorabilia collection, I guess. And then he needed some money, so he sold it. So yeah, so well, how'd you meet Ernie Banks? Okay, I was we was young. How old were you? Uh, about ten. Ten, I ten. Maybe. So 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 Lexi's age now? Huh? Lexi's age? Lexi's age now? Yeah, about his age. But we used to play baseball in the parking lot, right, along Seventy Fourth and St. Lawrence in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And we was out there playing. Ernie Banks had just joined the Cubs. He's the first black player to play for the Cubs. Mm -hmm. And another player named Gene Baker. Mm -hmm. And the Cubs had another black player called Sam Jones. Mm -hmm. They used to call him Sad Sam Jones. Why was he sad? I, I they say he didn't have another smile. Mm -hmm. But we was out there in the parking lot just playing baseball. And so... Uh, they stopped and they was talking to us. Hey, how y'all going, you little kid? They said, yeah. And Ernie Banks lived on 74th and Rhodes. Gene Baker stayed on St. Lawrence. So we, me and this, this guy was my friend, Jesse. We said, we coming to the Cub game. Can we get a ride home from you? <laughs> and uh, he said, yeah, just when the game is over, come on over. When the game is over, just come over. I'll give you uh, give y'all a ride. So we went to, the, I don't know who they played that day, mm -hmm. but we went to the game and we went around to the Cubs clubhouse and we saw Banks. He said, we here, you say, he said, oh, you know what? I'm not going that way today. 
He said, but go down there and see Monty Irvin. And tell him I said to give y'all a ride on. Now, do you know who Monty Irvin was? No, who's that? I have no idea. Monty Irvin was the second after Jackie Robinson. Black player in baseball. Wow. In the Major League Baseball. He was the second black. And he was the outfielder for the Giants when he had joined the Cubs in some capacity. Right. And so we met him. And he, uh, and he took us, brought us home and everything, you know. So, so, I couldn't imagine that happening today. Like, how were you able to have that, that kind of access to players? Like, Well, you know, everything at that time, I don't know. I don't think it could happen today. Right, yeah. And then we met um, in Minnie Minoso. You ever heard of him? No. He's, he's, he, I don't know. The, he played for the white side. See, I don't know sports like that. He was right. from Cuba. All right. He was one of the first black. How'd you, how'd you meet him? Uh, well, I, when I got over and, and Omar and uh, and Amir, they played in the Little League. Right. Yep. And I helped form the Little League, the, the Rosemore Little League, along with Mr. Jenkins. Right. And Minnie Minoso used to come there and be our main speaker, so we got him to come speak. He was really... Uh, uh, and he played in four decades mm. in the major league for wow. the White Sox. Wow. You know, they were bringing back, you know, when he got to be 50, mm -hmm. and he will play one game, and then they said that was a decade. That's cool. He was a good player. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Please not. You know, they haven't put him in yet. Wow. I never heard about that. And Minoso, he was, uh, oh, he was real popular. He was real popular. And, uh, I, Malcolm X, I met him. You know, first. Wait, really? Yeah. How what, how that happened? Okay. What happened with Malcolm X? It's crazy. Is I got a friend named Harold Hill. I know Harold Hill. I met Harold. And Harold, you know, he he was a, a militant. In fact, he influenced me a lot. Right. And uh, his brother, uh, they call him Junior Boy, used to be in and out of jail all the time. Mm -hmm. Snatching purses and stuff yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. So found, he found this religion, uh, Islam. Okay. The nation of Islam? Or just Islam? Well, the nation. But they was out there selling papers, Muhammad Speaks paper. Yep. And uh, bean and, pies they, and bow ties. They weren't selling all that then. They not that then. <laughs> the bean pies, but they all wore bow ties. Mm. And uh, he had joined the Muslims. Mm. And he had told me and Harold, uh, I want y'all to come to the convention. I want you to come to the convention. Now, I said, y'all crazy. Talking about they want some land on their own. Mm. I thought that was crazy at the time. I mean, is that are, are we are we owned or owed our own land? Like, yeah, but I see you have forty forty acres in a mule. We don't, we don't, we don't ever yeah, but you remember, I was young at the right. time. I'm in maybe twenty or something right. like that. Right. And so we went to him at the Coliseum, the old Coliseum, mm. where they used to have the roller derby. And so Malcolm was up there speaking. And he was a hell of a speaker. Right, oh yeah. And one thing I remember about him, he is the first speaker I ever heard that it was good to be black. And whether I can remember that speech verbatim. Mm. He said, I know a nigger's head is hard, and lie burned through steel. Why? And what he meant by that, 
at that time, black fruit processing, they you had... Is it conking? Yeah, they called it conk, but you had to use dye. Right, yeah. To make the conk. Right. He said, I know a nigga's head is high, but lie burn through steel, so your head ain't that hard. Mm. And he said, what's wrong with them big, broad nose and big, thick lips? He said, that's beautiful. You have to embrace that. So I said, wow. I mean, it made me feel proud to be black. Yeah. And so afterward, after, you know, he gave a long speech, then they had a little meeting over at the temple, man, Harold went over there, mm -hmm. and Malcolm was speaking to people, you can ask some questions and whatnot, mm -hmm. like that. His hair, he didn't have a beard or nothing, he had just the red hair. Right there, right. You know. Yeah. He was, he was young, man. And y'all went, I'll be good, y'all went, did you talk to him, y'all, what happened? Yeah, I said you had that, you asked questions. Right. You asked him, well, Ask some question about well, what do you mean you want some land? Right. And uh, then he explained about how they had brought us over here and they really weren't treating us right. So just separate from them. Right. You know? Here's my question. So maybe you may, you may not, may or may not know this. Where did the forty acres and the mule thing come from? The government promised that to black people. Like when how? slavery was over. Right. When they had the Civil War. Right. And one of the things they said, the Civil War is over. Right. And what happened, they promised us 40, they said we'll give you 40 acres and a mule because we helped build this country up. Right. And it was free labor. Right. And they said we're going to give everybody 40 acres and they reneged on it. How they, yeah, I'm saying, how did they get away with that? Like, how they, like, they go, you know, just kidding, we're not doing that. No, it's, Sorry, just, man. it's just like the North and the South. The North really wasn't no better than the South. Right. You know, because in New York, they had riots because they didn't want to go and fight in the Civil War to free the slaves. Right. But they went, you right. know. And and what happened here is that, uh, is that uh, black people, they probably them 40 acres in the mule. They never gave it to them. And then they let the South put up these new laws for uh, for separation, for not integration, but segregation. Segregation, right. Because, and that's why when the blacks, when they changed the new laws, they, in fact, before they changed the new laws, and they never mentioned this in history, they had a whole lot of black congressmen from the South. Huh. They was controlling everything, and then they changed these new laws I know that. And put colored, you couldn't go here, you couldn't go there. Right. Yeah, look look that up. Okay, okay, I, I didn't know that at all. You ever heard of this book, 12 Years a Slave? Yeah. You know what that was about? Um, How they used the uh, prison system to continue no. slavery? No. No? Right. It was about this guy at the time. You could be a free black. Right. But if they caught you, you could be in the north. And if some whites from the South caught you, they could grab you, kidnap you, and take you back to the South and make you a slave. Wow. I didn't actually watch it. I should probably go read that. It's a movie. It's a movie, right? Yeah, it was yeah. a movie. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I, I don't watch slave movies. No, not Django. Not depressed. Why are you going to get depressed? You're learning your history. It's sad. I mean, it's sad. It's, you, know, I mean, you, know. you should get revenge. <laughs> you should do it. How, how much? Well, here, look, before I want to jump back real quick. <laughs> huh. I still don't understand though. How is the government able 
to make a promise like that and then just not do it? Like, yeah. how, how can, like, just, you know, like, like they go, all right, um, like right now, <laughs> uh, I did my taxes month, months ago. They still not paying my taxes yet. Now, I think it's because they, they're held up in 2020 because of the whole pandemic stuff. But if it was the other way around, technically, if I owe them money, they could charge me interest. Can I charge them interest? I feel like it's kind of bogus that they can do what they want. No, you know why? Can't. Why? Because you don't have no power. Yeah, right, exactly. I have no power. Like, but, the right. power is with them. Right. And so my thing is, like, just thinking out loud, how are, how are they able to, to literally have the four acres of mule thing in our legal documents and they don't have to ever do it? They just do it because, because if you go through the court system, mm -hmm. it might take you another hundred years to get a decision. Right. You know, that's just like the Dred Scott decision. You heard of that? Tell me more. You know, Dred Scott, that he was in in Maryland, he had escaped to the free state. Mm. And so they said they wanted him back. Mm. The Southern state, I don't know who we call which one, said, no, he's a slave and he has to come back in. The Supreme Court ruled that uh, if you're a slave and you go to a free state, then they can come back and claim you and make you a slave again. Wow. And that's U.S. government, U.S. Supreme Court. Wow. And that's what's so important about the Supreme Court today. Yeah. You know, because if they get this, that's what they're saying. They could outlaw Obamacare. Right. And all these other, that's why they try to stack the court. Right. That's how the government do it. Mm. Actually, the Supreme Court, they supposed to be neutral, but right. they're not. They're not, right, at all. Right. You know. Right. And Martin Luther King. You met Martin Luther King? I never met him. But, but I saw him give his last speech in Chicago. Mm. It was at the same place I, I saw Malcolm X at the Coliseum. Mm. So at that time, uh, and the last thing I heard him say, we will be heard. And he was talking to J. Edgar Hoover. Right. You know who that was? Yep, President. Huh? No. Was he President? No. Who, wait, what about Hoover? What am I talking about? Hooverville? No. Who you talking about? You talking? Who talking about the, the guy that was president? Yeah, that was not J. Edgar Hoover. No, J. Edgar Hoover was the head of the FBI. Oh, you're right. Okay, yep, you're right. Yep. You know, and J. Edgar Hoover, King, Martin Luther King, and some people don't like you know mention certain things, right. they, but he was a man, you know. Yeah, and they had court King. Having affairs with different ones. You know, I uh, actually watched this documentary on um, on Hulu where they kind of showed how the FBI and Hoover in particular they, they had it out for him. And they were like they they were setting him up. They were recording stuff. Yeah. Um. They were they, yeah. I read about this whole thing. How like yeah, he was a man. He was cheating on Coretta. We we know that. Right. And right. So, yeah. And so King started speaking out against the Vietnam War. Right. And they told him, they said, you just stick to civil rights. Right. And they sent a thing to his house, saying if he didn't, like, back off, they were going to release the information. And I think mm -hmm. Greta had his back and was like, she, they had an interview. And she goes, let him release it. Well, I know. The guy that was president of my union, the first black president of, of the UAW, Local 5, my union, mm -hmm. Olini. Well, yeah. Olini was a preacher. Mm -hmm. And he told me. He said they was when King had came in, supposed to be meeting them all downtown. They, 
UAW donated a lot of money to King mm. when he was eight. And I mean, he said they was waiting on King. They said King was up in the uh, with some woman. I, right. gonna, I won't go no further. Right, that. right. Yep, yep. And so, and then Alini also told me that uh, they was trying to, International Union, mm -hmm. Walter Ruther and them, they was trying to get him to do certain things and go along with certain things. He told me he wasn't going to do it. So they was down there at, uh, in Ottawa. The, Ottawa? Yeah. Yeah. They got the, the UAW got a regional yep. camp down there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he said he was there and he had met this white woman. Mm -hmm. King did? No, I'm talking about Olini. Olini did, okay. And he said he was up there in the room with the woman and he got a phone call from the regional director. Okay. And called and he said he answered the phone. Said Will, his name was Will O'Lean. Okay, he's a black man. No, he black. As I said, was he a black man? Who? Will O'Lean? Yeah, he was black. Okay, yep. And he said, Will, you know that little thing we asked you to, you wanted to do for us? And he said, Yeah. He said, Now I know you don't want your wife to know about this. Oh. Now have a good time. <laughs> and hung up on it. But you know what? I literally. That's in that documentary, too. Well, I know that. Wow. Oh, Lenny told me that. I don't have no... Uh, uh, I mean, it means this is what it is. Like, you know, he, Harold Washington, Gus Savage, you know who he was? Yep, Gus Savage, yep. You know him? I, I he I've heard the name before from you. See that picture right up there? Yep. On the end. I'll Go see, look at it. I'll see it right here. All right. Yeah. Who is Gus Savage? You see him up there? See that award he got? Yeah. You see Earl? Yep. You see me? Mm hmm And Vince? Yep. Vince is a white guy on the end. I see him. I created an award that we gave certain people. I made it up myself and they had it printed. Okay. And uh, called New Minds for New Tomorrow. And we had Gus that's in our union hall. And he came out there and we gave him, gave him that plaque. And he was a real militant. But who, but who was he though? Like, he was, was a he? state rep. Just a state rep. State representative, in 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 DC, mm -hmm. and, and he spoke his mind too. I mean, that's important. You need that from your elected politicians. If they're not speaking their mind. What are they doing? All right, who else? What do we got? What else we got? Um, I know you met. Um, I mean, I think what? Uh, <laughs> Erica Badu. Yeah, I met her. Uh, the reason I met her is that she was going to the Million More March. Right. With Farrakhan. Not Million Man, Million, Million More, right? Million More. Right. Right. Because right. included one of that one, yep. And, uh, and I asked your sister. Yeah. If, um, if she, uh, wanted to meet. She, you know, yeah, sure. She didn't believe it. Right. So we went there and you saw the pictures. Yeah. I was, I was, I mean, I think I was in college, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was jealous. Like, I, want, I was letting me hear about do. But uh, I whatever. didn't know you even, yeah, and, and she said, oh, she's so pretty. She said, how you doing, Brother Benny? Mm -hmm. And I saw her there, saw her when I went to Washington. Mm -hmm. And, uh... Now, everybody is awesome. <laughs> yeah, she, she turned out something else after that. It was out walking down Washington in the news. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I support yeah. it. I support that. Now, you know what else? Wasn't she doing it for a video? 
Huh? She did it for a video, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and of course, you heard of Gwendolyn Brooks, right? Yeah, yep. Gwendolyn uh, Brooks, yep. Because she, um, they renamed, I think the school used to be called, but Gwendolyn Brooks High School became the name of the school later, right? You know who she was. I I grew up with her son. Tell me about her. Henry Blakeney, her real name was Blakeney. Right. That's all. I didn't know that much. I was a young, right. young kid. What, what, is she, what, what is she famous for? Remind me. She wrote a uh, poetry. She got yeah. a Pulitzer Surprise. I just want you to tell people. Uh, you know, Pulitzer Surprise for poetry. Yeah. But I didn't know who she was. They used to say Henry's mother is in the encyclopedia. Uh-huh. And that's what it was. Uh-huh. And, uh, and when me and Harold, we, me and Harold got together, uh-huh. they wouldn't hire no black at Hallow Food Store. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk, yeah, talk about that. Because isn't that um, the people who own Mariano's now? The family, yeah, yeah. The family owns Mariano's. Right. You, I think you may have told the story already before, but you stage the things they hire blacks in the stores, right? In the neighborhood, anyway, yeah, yeah. In the neighborhood when we moved, it was ninety percent white, right? But we had some kids go up there and try to get jobs they wouldn't hire, right? So we called for a boycott of the store. Uh-huh. Mrs. Rooney, yep. <coughs> And she came by there in her limousine and chauffeur's up. What's the meaning of this? We said, well, Rooney, we want our kids to get some jobs and we want some cashiers and we want some butchers in the store. And she said, oh, and they had it all in the paper. It was all in the paper. Mm-hmm. And so we met with her. Right. And uh, she did. She kept her word. She with kids there, cashiers, and she said she couldn't put butchers because that was a union. Right. But then they had Uncle Tom's, like the head of Star Agency, that was a black detective agent. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hilo was paying them money to protect certain things. Right. Uh, agency called me and Harold up to their office. She said, look at you, you young boys, y'all don't know what you're doing. It's five hundred dollars each. Take call the boycott off. You know. Right. And of course Harold, he was real Yeah, he's like, like you like, Uncle Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Uncle Tom, we not in this for money, we're in there for the people. Right. So we went back out there and How how were you? Uh, about eighteen. Nice. And so um, and the thing is, what we did we went to Mr. Springfield, I have to tell you about him. And he gave us the paper. We went around the whole neighborhood before we put the boycott on. Mm-hmm. And asked people to sign the petition that they wouldn't go in the store when they saw our signs out there. Right. And Mr. Springfield gave us the money to buy the boards, Jim Crow at Hallow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and, and the paper, so we was out there Marching police came, and one thing I learned about picketing, they say you have to keep moving. We mm-hmm. didn't know that. You can't just stand. No, and right. so. I think you're, you're loitering. So it was three people went in the store. Oh, two day pit. That's what made Mrs. Rooney come out. There. Right. Because the cells are down, they're probably complaining. And, and so, uh, so this one woman said, please. Please, can I go in there? I just need to get me some tomatoes, <laughs> you know. Right. And we said, 
You can't tell you what not to do. It's up to you. But it was only three people went in the store. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came in being that we used to go a lot of forms mm-hmm. after that. They had us on the on uh, in the newspapers mm-hmm. and they defend us. Oh wow. You know. And uh, and then the, um and Mr. Springfield, he owned a grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know, him and his wife on uh, 70, 74th and St. Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And he used to tell us stories about his father was a slave. He used to be telling me stories about how his father used to uh, hear the slave master and his wife talking about that boy, he just won't, he don't want to do right. We're going, I'm going to have to sell it and get rid of it, mm-hmm. you know. Yikes. And, and Mr. And Mr. Springfield, what he would do at that time, when uh, people would bring the bread in the store and whatnot, and he would tell them, uh, put put the bread over there. And they said, no, nah, we've been putting it here. He said, get the hell out of my store. Mm-hmm. Then he would call the company. He said, if you want your bread in my store, you send me a black delivery man. Mm-hmm. He started, he got a lot of black jobs. Like That's awesome. That. You know, yeah. and, uh, so it's all little things that build then, up. Yeah, I'm just saying all this, and he used to let us stay outside his store as a singing group. Mm. You know, y'all sing? Now you know, at that time people used to get together. That's how the doo wops came about, mm. and they'd be harming. So they said, "You got harming people standing out in front of your store, and you don't want us to." Uh, I'm scared to come in there. He said, they ain't going to do nothing to you. Just, he said, one thing, they're keeping the crooks away. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So. And, uh, let's see what else. Just a little bit of the elixir you got in there. Just curious. I did, I did mention. Uh, I mean, I think you, you, I think you hit a lot of the major people that you met. I, I remember when King got killed. That's when I. My first wife. Yeah. And um, I was at the house. Mm-hmm. And I was landscaping. I came home from work and went to sleep. And she came in there and woke me up. And she said, Annie, I said, what? Mm-hmm. She said, they just shot mine with the king. I said, what? Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, I like him, but you know. Right. And I said, you know what? They're gonna burn this country down. Yeah. I said they're gonna burn this country down. And Harold and Gerald and Donald, they came over to my house. How old are you at this point? I want to get like like stab it with ages. I was about twenty, about twenty-four, twenty-five, right. something like that. Yeah. And um, Harold and them came over there. And uh, I said, they're going to tell and they did. They burned the country down. And I remember yeah. that weekend, we was going down Cottage Grove. Mm-hmm. They had lined up with soldiers with their guns, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, it looked like a war zone. Yeah, I mean, I bet I mean, it's, You know, I'm yeah. talking about, you know, when you look at it. And, uh, I mean, it's a national hero to a lot of people in the middle yeah. of a, like, you know, civil rights movement. I mean, and I was gonna tell you about uh, well, when I was born, mm-hmm. 
You know, what year? Uh, 1940. 1940, yeah. And you know, was a, I was an incubator baby. And they had just invented the incubator. I did not know that. I weighed one pound, one ounce. I did not know that. Wait, then how big was Uncle Barney? Which one you bigger than me. Really? Barney was at home and eating. I was still in the hospital. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. I mean, how, so they just invented the incubator, and they put you in it, and you came out. Yeah, I guess, you know, but I know I had to stay in the incubator. Bonnie was in on a month before I got home. Wow. I bet it was about one pound. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, and they were saying Bonnie had ate all the food up. On <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. That's my twin. I mean, y'all, I mean, you guys grew up different sizes entirely. I feel like he was like, like a little more stout and shorter, and you were taller and, I guess, probably more lean, I guess. But I wasn't there. No, I was short for a long time. Were you? In fact, until I graduated from high school, they used to call me Shorty. Really? Yeah. See, I, yeah, I'll then, see that. Then I grew up overnight, mm -hmm. and then I got drafted in the Army. I did not volunteer for the Army. Yeah. yeah so, so tell, tell me that story again. So you avoided combat in the Army? Yeah. Because how? Well, they never... They never uh, Assigned me to come back. Right. But I had about six months ago, and they were saying I was going, I had to go to Japan, uh, either to Vietnam. I told them, I said, they, I'm not going out to Vietnam. I'm not fighting that war. Right. That's not, I don't think it's a just war. Right. And I said, if they send me, I'm going to the brig. What's that? Jail in the army. That's so, they, they, so, how can you assign yourself to the brig? And you don't assign yourself. You just disobey an order. Oh, uh, you say, no, I'm leaving the brig. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, you disobey an order and then they court-martial you. Right. But I didn't have to go that far. What is court-martialing? That means you, it's just like uh, you disobey an order, then you go to court. And then and they hear your case, and then whatever they rule, then you go to, to jail. Is it real jail? Do you have a record? Or yeah, just, yeah. yeah, they still do it every day. So, you, so you're so you willing to get a, a jail record to, to not fight the war? Right. And be alive. Yeah. Fair enough. Good point. See, a lot, of, a lot of people, see, a lot of people at that time, they were going to Canada rather than fighting the war. Right. Because they was drafting people. Right. You it wasn't no voluntary army. Right. You got drafted, you know. So like, so when they drafted you, how they do it? They just, I wasn't they send you a letter in the mail? Could you ignore the letter? Yeah, the letter says greetings. Uh -huh. Anytime anybody got a greeting, they know they had, they had got uh, drafted. Right. But then, like, so let me give you an example. So let's say, like, they brought it back today, and I get a letter in the mail that says greetings. Uh, you've been uh, officially enlisted in the blah, 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 right? And I don't want to go. Can I just ignore that letter? Yeah, but they'll come get you. Who who's coming to get you? The government. But they will just send somebody else like, "Hello, sir. Uh, we have to take you to yeah, leave right now." Yeah, soldiers here to get you he to your to, house. He's to leave. Right. So what if you're not home? What if you just <laughs> what if you what if you do like you said? Yeah. What, what, what if you do like you said? We, let's say I know, like I know I know I got drafted. I don't want, I'm not even gonna wait. I'm leaving going to Canada right now. Uh, can I do that? Yeah, you could do and, it. And they can't wait to come get you. You still? don't tell them the people well, that went not. to Canada. A whole bunch of people went to Canada. 
And like just, just move to Canada to stay there? Yeah, they stayed there until the war was over. <laughs> yeah, a whole bunch of, do some history on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. No, I never said, I never thought about that. Because like, I think like, if I ever got drafted, I always said I had flat feet. So you okay. still, then you still have to fill out some for the military when you got a certain age. Uh, I don't remember. Probably I think not. I think they some people still I think they still send something out. That might be a thing. I don't remember that though. But I feel like if they ever did that, I would probably just like leave, uh, leave my mail and go. Oh, I didn't even see that letter. My bad. And then I'm in Canada now. I, I, I can tell. And then uh, I could tell you this. I um, I told you in the incubator. Yeah. And then I'm gonna tell you when me and Harvey was coming up. We was in school, elementary school. Mm-hmm. And uh, they made us take speech. They think we could speak the King's English. Right. I mean, oh, you had speech impediment, you had a stutter. No, they just want you to say the words the way they want. Then they didn't want you to say this and that. Right. They want you to say this and that. Right. So, man, Harvey was in the speech class. So they tried to get you to say certain sounds like shh. Right. Shh. Shh. And so they was trying to, speech teacher was trying to. Get us to say chair, you know. Mm. And so they asked Harvey to say, and he said something. She said, Now, what are you sitting on? What are you sitting on? Harvey said, I'm sitting on my ass. <laughs> that's not what happened. And that's a true story. And, I, and then when I drove a cab mm. uh, at that time, like I said, I worked two jobs. Yeah, I'm actually, yeah, 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 what were you, what, so you drove a cab, what else did you do, other careers? Cab, I think you worked in the, um, the mental hospital? I worked there before I was at Ford. Okay. But now I tell you about the cab thing, I want to tell you yeah. is, is that I drove a cab and I went over somewhere, a bunch of apartment buildings, mm-hmm. and some kids came down, you know, out the building. They said, my mom and dad, they want a cab. Okay, so one of them went back mm. to get their mother and father. Mm. So the other kids stayed in the car, mm. in the cab with me. And I heard some pow, pow, pow. I asked the kids, I said, what is that? And they said, they shooting. I said, shooting? <laughs> and they said, yeah. I said, where is this? And they said, Cabrini Green. I said, oh, no. <laughs> I said, no, y'all get out my cab. <laughs> so they said, no. They said, that's where our mom and dad had us to stay here because don't no cab come over here. <laughs> I said, oh, they better hurry up. Green <laughs> Green had a reputation. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it had it. I mean, I was alive when they had a reputation before they tore him down. I mean, um, yeah. this is over in Old Town now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it was. They had a reputation for violence and mm-hmm. everything, but mm-hmm. I didn't know where I was. <laughs> Just driving around. That's his man. In the projects. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I don't know. And then we, uh, then when I got at Ford, we formed a group called Unity. Mm-hmm. Unity. And that was like Rick, like Rick James. Uh, I don't know what. Wait, is that Rick Rick James, right? Rick James. Yeah, the singer. He. Wasn't a group called Unity? I never heard of him, but we started the organization. Mm. Well, you know who James is. 
But unity, we had a <laughs> we had a black organization uh, out there at Ford uh, because they wouldn't promote black. They wouldn't make no inspectors. They wouldn't have no black supervisors. Uh -huh. And we started that group. And we used to wear little buttons. Me and a whole bunch, and that was a, a good thing. Then finally, we made them change the test. They used to have a test to be an inspector. You had to know how to read a blueprint. Uh -huh. And we told them, why you need to read a blueprint when all you're doing is checking to see if another boat is missing. Right. And so the plant manager, at that time, that's when all around in the 60s, all around the country, colleges and things, they were, they were going and taking over the chancellor's offices and everything. Mm. And we went up to the plant manager's office and told him, that he had to change the test. They had to have so many black inspectors, so many black supervisors, and they gave it to us, and we, and we got that for us. That's great. You know. I'm lucky to have you. Uh-huh. Because I'm lucky to have you. I still can't believe you don't know who Rick James is. I know who Rick James is. And was in a group called Unity. I didn't know the group name. Though. Well, maybe it wasn't a group, but I know he had a ring. Yeah, I know he's an idiot too. <laughs> Why would you say idiot? Rick James was be cussing them women out, and that's the one that David Chappelle used yes, to say. Yes, that's that's reason to know who he is. That's that's why that's why I know who he is. I know because got to be told. I sometimes they told me that somewhere he was high, mm -hmm. and uh, I think Tina Marie, mm -hmm. you know, they was tight, mm -hmm. and uh, he was high somewhere in the. And the woman was a maid or something, and she said something, B, don't you know who I am? You little two cents, uh, uh, two cents maid, or you or something else, you know. And yeah, I know Rick James was. It's crazy to me how much society's changed. I feel like people knew all that about him, and yet he still continued to get work. Like, bring his full circle into like the whole debate. The baby he thing was or a good singer now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but being a good singer doesn't mean you get away with stuff, but I feel like he could do all that in the public eye and still have a healthy career. Yeah, and also I met Stokely Carmichael. You heard of that? That is super familiar. Remind me who that is. I'm not, I, I feel like it's a politician. No, he was the head. If you look at these old films, him and Martin Luther King, he the one came up with the thing, Black Power. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. He was the head of SNCC, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Mm. And him again, and, and he'd be marching down south. And then whites would come up and say, what you niggas doing? He said, you don't get the hell out of my face. Mm. You know, you need to take that now. He later changed his name to Tory. I think, I can't think of the other, the other part of it. Mm. But um, he the one, the King's slogan was, and their slogan was freedom now. Right, freedom now. And they used to say, what do you want? Freedom. freedom. When you want it. Now. now. Right. And he came up, and, and I met Stokely at Ellis Bookstore, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and, um, and he said, y'all been walking around here for four years, talking about you want some freedom. He said, what you need is some black power. And you need it now. That's what you need. Did, did the Black Power Fist that already was that already a thing? Black Power, yeah. Was there, so, so then they did apply that to create the like the symbol. Yeah, he was something else, and they uh and and then they the one him and H. Rap Brown 
They came over, to, you know, they draft around. Nope. We, that's one of the questions we asked about Stokely because he had took over from Stokely as the head of Snake. Mm. He said, uh, his name is H. Rap Brown. We didn't call him a rap because he got a rap inside of sight. Like Reynolds? Yeah, he's not like, you know. But, uh, but that was, uh, it's just a period back in the 60s because I was active. I wasn't sitting down looking at the news. I was, you know, and you were making it. You were like, you were getting, getting, getting remember, being part of it. Yeah, right. And, uh, and I just let it follow me. Is that what made you get involved in the Obama campaign? I was like, I know you told us sir before we met Obama. Well, I always got because. active. The, I, I, I always believed and black getting this because I was a Harold Washington was the first. Mm -hmm. Who is that? A scam. No, don't, don't ask. Well, I know. It's what you have. It's a scam. I get those calls all the time. But, mm -hmm. uh, Good. Harold Washington would made me, uh, I, I helped him get elected right. before Obama. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know that. I'm just saying that. But, just, just... but he was the first black mayor. Right. You know, in Chicago. I, I know that. And I would believe in helping black. Right. Yeah. And I, if I was going to help you, I believe you were going to win. Right. Because in Obama, he ran for Senate and he was, and I think he had a good chance mm -hmm. to be president because he was a, a senator. Right. But I told you, I, the way I met him, we was at a dinner for the union mm -hmm. and he was running for senator. When I met him, he was running for senator, and he was said with Jesse Jackson Jr. You know, who was already a state rep, mm -hmm. and he was already a state senator. So he came over. I shook hands with him, and I talked with him. I said, um, "I said, Mr. Obama, would you mind taking a picture with our table?" And he said, um, "He said, yeah." He said, but I got to go up here to the podium and speak. So we all ate, you know, a little meal, like a lunch and like uh, we ate and they ate, they gave their speeches. So I thought, I said, well, you know, usually they'd be so busy. And somebody tapped me on the shoulder. Mm. And I turned around he said, sir, I'm ready to take those pictures. I said, wow, you know, you remember. Mm. And they took a picture. And, uh, and I said, man, you know, you really, you know, for a politician, somebody like that to remember something like that. Yeah. And so, so when he ran for president, so I said, well, I, I'm on support him. Right. Like, so, wait, so what happened in the pictures? You, like, you, got, you, got pictures you got pictures of everything else. I don't see that Okay, either, the no. reason why, and this guy, uh, Mike Elliott, mm. he just passed away. R.I.P. He took the pictures. He had the picture, gave everybody else their pictures. And this was politics play in. Mm. And I was running for office in the, at the union, mm. for the union. And he wouldn't give me the picture, said he couldn't find them. Really? Yeah, and that's what it was. He didn't want me. If they guy would use the picture and put it on a plug or something. Right, so you, you would have with Obama. Wow. Yeah, and he never gave me the picture. And now he's but, dead. Uh, some of the other people. Yeah, he and he was a real activist too, Mike mm -hmm. Galley. 
But that's one thing he did do. He never gave me no offense. I don't know if they got him or. or oh, that's one of those like you yeah, have like a, a wife or somebody you reach out to. Go, hey, like I met his son and his and his daughter. You know, at the show. Right. Yeah. But um, but and so what happened is that I went to five states. And that was a good experience. You yeah. Yeah. You try. You traveled around and you do canvassing. Canvassing, yeah, yeah, and knocking on doors. Uh, you know, it was a, a whole group. I remember. You know, and uh, and they was all acting after Obama got elected. We were down there at one of the campaign offices in in Chicago. And it was actually everybody tell their experience with Obama and in the campaign. Uh, I, told, I told them a story about it. I had met him and, and I was really impressed with him because he seemed like he could deal with the common man. Mm-hmm. And I said, now nah, I can tell everybody that the president called me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what happened. And, uh, Love it. Oh. I had some, I told you about one of them books. Yeah, you know that. Um, actually, you did, I think you told me this story a while ago. About uh, your brother, uh, Delbert, or I got my little, got my little name from. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, tell me that story? You said like something happened with a car. Oh, that's when he died. Yeah. Uh, what happened? I was going out to the union hall early in the morning, about five o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and uh, in this car, mm-hmm. I closed my eyes, waiting for the impact. Right. God just missed me. You ain't trying to get out of the way? Huh? You ain't trying to get, like, you ain't trying yeah, to get out of the way? Yeah, but you know, sometimes when something right up on you. It's freeze? Yes, no. Just wait for the impact. See, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm going to try to move. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, the yeah. truck it missed me. And when I got home, I was saying, I said, hey, no telling I was. I said, I almost got hit by, by that truck. I can't get it off my mind. You know, it's just staying on my mind. Mm-hmm. Then I got a call about a couple hours later that uh, the other misfriend Ronnie was in an accident and both of them got killed. Mm-hmm. The guy was drunk, truck driver. Oh, wow. And he ran into them. And, uh, and then did he, did they, you guys go out there with them for money or anything? Or? Yeah, my father said yeah. he got money. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not you need the money. I'm just, yeah, I mean, he did because he was drunk. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and, and another odd thing about that. Well, yeah, before you jump into that, where did the name Delbert come from? I feel like I don't know anybody else named Delbert except me. Um, my cousin Sonny Flannor mm-hmm. gave me that name, Delbert. Just, I don't yeah. know where he got it. Yeah, I'm just curious. He also named Delores. Right. You know. Huh. That's what it means. Alright, so you said something, something else interesting about that story about... About uh, Delbert. Yeah. I was in the barbershop. Mm. This is year late day of Delbert moving past. Right. And there's uh, the guy that got killed with him, you know, both of them had went to the service together. Right. You know, Delbert and Ronnie. Yeah. Yep. And what they was doing was transporting cars 
from Chicago to D.C. and mm -hmm. back. Right. And, and Ronnie, his brother was a captain on the police for Chicago police. Right. Chaplain? Chaplain. No. Captain. Captain. Got it. And, uh, but anyway, I was in the barbershop. You know, I used to cut hair. Right. Did you know that? I know. Just in got my hair. In the barbershop. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. You know, in the barbershop. And this guy came and he sit in my chair. And he, he had been drinking just a little bit. Cutting his hand. He said, man, I can't get over my two best friends died. You know, they was in the war together. Uh -huh. and, and sometimes he referred to the service as a war. Right. And I said, yeah. He kept on talking. I said, what was your, what was your buddy's name? Uh -huh. He said, Ronnie and Dell. Man. I swear to God. Wow. Every, I said, what? He said, I said, that's my brother. He said, no. I said, yeah. He said, oh, man. I said, he said, yeah, I couldn't get them out. I said, yeah, that's my brother. Wow. And he went home and got pictures and showed it to me when they were all in the service together. Wow. All three of them were in the service together. Man, ain't that that's strange? That's, that's crazy. Ain't that? Yeah, Man, that's I crazy. couldn't believe that. I could. Wow. I said, wow. The world is tiny. Uh, uh, the, the world is small. I'm telling you, and I didn't have some experience. I'm gonna tell you one experience I had when, okay. I, when I was driving the cab. Okay. And picked this lady up. Okay. And she had been drinking. She was drunk. Okay. Like that. Yeah, good. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that. That's why I believe in the spirit and all that. Right. You believe and, in the spirit? Wait a minute. Yeah, it happened. All right. So, um, she said, come on, I'll stay. Come on. Yeah. Right. I said, no, nah, I can't go right now. She said, come back tomorrow. Bring me, a, bring me something to drink. Right. Yeah. I said, oh, okay, but I got her name and wrote it down. You wrote it down? You got some trouble. All right, go ahead. You got some trouble right now. Nah, no, I ain't some trouble. All right. So I got the, I think her name was like Irma or something. Irma, right, okay. And so there was a guy who worked out there, a little literate or something, but yeah. he was a loud mouth. Mm -hmm. And he kept on talking. So one of the guys said, man, Irma gonna beat your butt. I swear to God. I said, where did Jesse live? And that was his wife. Wow. <laughs> and I saw the face. Yeah, right good. Now. I went to it. Okay, okay, no trouble. I'll see you. Yeah. Man, he dodged that bullet. I, I said, that's just strange. Yeah, right now. yeah. So, but, uh, I mean, that's how it works. That's, the, that's why the world is what it is. Well, I don't know, but I know certain things happened to me that, uh, and then I remember when I got elected out there, there was a white guy named Junkyard. Yeah, at, um, in Ford, right? The, yeah. Yeah. You remember Junkyard? Remember Junkyard, yeah. The white guy? Yeah. Yeah. He used to work on cars, and when he mm -hmm. died, too, mm -hmm. when he died, his, his wife came. He had still had his mother on the, the, on the obituary. Right. Yeah, I tell you that. No. And his his wife came out there. 
Hey, he never did take it. My bad, they did 20 some years. Right. And she said he never did take his mother out the, out the obituary so she could get the insurance. Right. You know. And so, uh, but we worked with the benefit club and she did end up getting the money. Right. You know. And I, I guess another case, another case that happened to show you how things work. Mm -hmm. This guy was a drug addict, he was real smart, but a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And he had been off from work for about six months, and he came out there with his girlfriend. She was white, and they were together. He's what? His huh? girlfriend was white. Right, but he was what? He was black. All right. Young guy. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, Diane, she was a benefit rep. Right. She said, write him a, get one in the committee, because I was a unit. Mm -hmm. And she said, get one in the committee to write him a grievance, you know. Right. And I said, okay. So I didn't see a commitment. Some kept telling me to go on and write the grievance. The grievance. Right. And what's the grievance? That's, that's a protest against any action they do to you. Mm -hmm. It's just like they give you time off right. and go see the union rep. And he'll file a charge that you innocent. Right. And he have to hear the case. Got it. Okay. Okay, so sometimes you write the grievance. Told me to go on and write the grievance. So I wrote it. Right. I took it to labor relations. I gave it to John. John said, Oh yeah, Mr. So and so. He I said, John just signed the grievance, mm -hmm. you know. And he signed it. So Diane called me about two days later. She said, did you ever uh, get a commitment to write that grievance? Mm -hmm. I said, no, I, I wrote it myself. Right. And she said, Phew. I said, what? She said, he passed away today. Wow. And see, the importance of a grievance, uh, I don't care how long you've been gone, if you've got a grievance in, and you pass away, they have to pay you, uh, pay your beneficiary the insurance money. Wow. And then well, what made her, the girlfriend, the white, white, white woman, ask you to write the grievance? It wasn't a girlfriend, it oh. was the benefit rep. Oh. She was in there with him. Got it. Okay, I was wondering why that was pertinent. Okay, I got it. It was, it wasn't, the girlfriend was just there holding it because she was shaking and she was just consoling it. Right. But they was in Diane's office. Got it. And she actually was going to write the grievance. Right. So it, it can't say anything happened. Because she was right. trying to be like, okay, I'm talking about, okay, wow. And that's the, the benefit of a grievance, mm -hmm. you know. And I said, wow, I never forgot that case. And then they tried to make fun of it. Some guy that put it on the computer about how he had died. Mm -hmm. I went in there and saw the guy. I said, why are you putting this on the computer throughout the plant? Mm -hmm. He said, oh, well, I'm letting people know. I said, you know, his family, I lied. His family just came up here and said, if they put any statement out about him without their consent, mm -hmm. they're going to sue the whole company. Right. He wouldn't and delete it all. How, so he's, he's making fun of it? Yeah. Like, like how, how'd he die? Was, 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 it, was it make fun of Well, you know, he was an uh, addict, a drug addict. Right. Oh, You know, he gotcha. was on drugs. That's gotcha. what killed me. Gotcha. Okay, full full circle. I didn't put that together. Wow. Man, people were crazy. Yeah. Uh, I 
I know you don't know nothing about the Willis Wagons. That's how me and Harold got active. Willis Wagons? Yeah. No. What is they that? They had a superintendent in Chicago back in, uh, I think I must have been about 18 then. Mm -hmm. Instead of, uh, they didn't want to build on no schools for blacks. Right. So what they did, they got these little trailer homes and, and, have, and attached them to the schools. And that's where the blacks had to go to school. And this guy named Benjamin Willis. Mm -hmm. And so they called him Willis Wagon. That's where they came from. Okay. And that's when we first started boycotting the school. And I, I had my picture holding up two signs, mm -hmm. you know, in front of Time magazine. Mm -hmm. I wish I could find that cover. Does uh, do Unlolo have that somewhere? No, I don't know it wasn't that active. Do you know what year it was? I... Around about? I feel like if you know the year, I could probably look through the archives. It's got to be somewhere. Yeah, um, Even at the library, it's like the archive archives. What, what year? So the one sixty-three. So yeah, sixty somewhere in the. If, if you look, I mean, I guess if you look up the Willis wagons, you'll probably find it around there, right? Yeah. Nineteen sixty-three or eighteen sixty-three. And I had they had a couple of me. That one. <laughs> on Channel Seven, two holding the signs. I'll look for. I'll send them. I, I never, I never seen them, but they told me about it. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll certainly do. Yeah, I went into the army. And that, my friends, was this week's episode. Again, brought to you by ExpressVPN. Use code CSanders10 to save some money and help out the show. Um, yeah, you can definitely tell that, you know, my dad is of his generation. You can definitely tell that he's, you know, been around the block. And I really just wanted this to be a excuse to celebrate him and... Just thank you for being a good father. You know, just, just thank you for being a good influence. Again, yeah, you're older. Yeah, you've got your ways. Yeah, you've got your faults. You've got your feelings. But I want to make sure that, you know, anyone that heard that, you know, a podcast is not offended in any way, should perform. Uh, but, you know, I think it's okay to let honesty speak. Let people who maybe have thoughts or views that don't align with your own still have a place at the table because that's how we learn from each other. Now, there are certain things you shouldn't, you know, I, I at least wouldn't be gracious of. But I think the only way, only way we grow and learn is by being able to learn from one another, not just our own echo chambers. And that is just the, the thought I want to leave you with for the, for the day. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for supporting. Again, this week's sponsor, Express VPN, C Sanders 10. Help us win. See you, everybody.